Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes and some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. This week we're going to be looking at Lord of the Rings through the theme of leadership. So to start us off, we have a quote from Book 4, Chapter 5 of Lord of the Rings, where Frodo is talking to Faramir uh, about Boromir being the last to leave Moria. Mm-hmm. Right? So Frodo says... He was the last to leave, but Aragorn was forced to lead us. He alone knew the way after Gandalf's fall. But had there not been us lesser folks to care for, I do not think either he or Boromir would have fled. So we were kind of thinking about this quote really demonstrating that leadership isn't about the leader and what they want or what their preferences but really thinking about the group or the other people that they're leading. Mm -hmm. And I think that in Lord of the Rings, we see some leaders, the the best leaders, taking that on. You know, Aragorn's a prime example, but Mm -hmm. you can even use that for Gandalf or Faramir, you know? And I think that we see a lot of other leaders who fail at that, or leaders like Theoden, who starts that way and then regains his kingliness by regaining that kind of goodness you know where he he does things for his charges yeah and i think especially in (laughs) i was gonna say our country right now (laughs) especially in our country in general yeah we always are seeing people who are leaders that are really just looking out for themselves or Mm -hmm. aren't looking out for the community they're not looking out for other people or even like We've worked in some nonprofits in the past where Mm -hmm. the leader wants to be the leader because it's about them, Mm -hmm. not because uh, it's about the cause. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't we move into our first section where you'll tell me a bit about a plot element that that moved you. Yeah. So I know all of our listeners may have not both uh, watched the movies and read the books. But you should have. (laughs) Um, yes, in general, it's true. In general, it is very true. What? What does that mean, in I mean, general? for, like, true. most of the properties we'll talk about, like, I'm a huge proponent of doing both. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lord of the Rings can be a little harder to get into if you're not an avid reader. Um, Absolutely. I still think you should read of it. Of course, but... It can be a little tough. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And I also think that Lord of the Rings tends to be a higher level of movie as well than a lot of mm-hmm. the other other films, um, yeah. adaptations of these books. So the Peter Jackson films, at least, not, mm-hmm. not going into The Hobbit. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so there's a difference. So in the movie The Two Towers... Well, I mean, in the movies in general, you have Saruman and Sauron, mm-hmm. right? And they're very much portrayed as just kind of like this one evil uh, cause behind mm-hmm. them. And that Sauron is like the main villain and Saruman is kind of his puppet and the, the one that does a lot of the work on the ground in a different area of Middle-earth. But in the book, you actually find out that it's sort of like that, but there's also some kind of competition between them. Mm. And Sauron doesn't just do, or Saruman doesn't just do what Sauron wants or what he says. And that actually when Merry and Pippin were taken and 
there were Urukai and there were orcs, and they were supposed to be taking them in different places. So the mm. orcs are supposed to be taking um, who they think has the ring to Sauron, but then the Urukai are like, actually, we have orders from Saruman, and we're supposed to go over and take the ring to him. And so Saruman was trying to take the ring, oh, and he was yeah. trying to take it. Uh, away from Sauron? Was he going to eventually try to overpower Sauron? It doesn't completely go into all of that. But I've, but always, probably. I've always assumed that was the case. He wants to be mm-hmm. the new Dark Lord. He wants to control everything the way mm-hmm. Sauron does. And uh, I think that you know he moves past the ideas of good and evil and he moves into these ideas of control and you know chaos or whatever mm-hmm. else it might be. And feels like control is needed control is going to happen either through sauron or through him might as well be him Mm -hmm. and so then that when when i was reading the book this last time it made me think about well is that a big reason that saruman tried to get gandalf on his side Mm -hmm. that he wanted more power to be able to overthrow sauron um, and yeah, so it's just interesting, whereas the movie kind of shows this streamlined leadership model, um, the books, it's a lot more complicated. Yeah, Saruman kind of having even a, a quote, I think, in Fellowship, where he talks about, you know, there is no fighting mm-hmm. Sauron, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. where he's he's giving in, he's becoming a part of that army because he just to survive, it seems, you know? Yeah. And that is so different from his aims, I think, in the books, where it is much more about him as a rival power that certainly is at this point feigning allegiance Mm -hmm. and I think being manipulated as well through the Palantir but at the same time not uh, because uh, isn't it when um, when Aragorn uses the the Palantir or or when when Merry used the Palantir Mm mm-hmm Sorry, when Pippin uses the Palantir. <laughs> You're all I'll get confused. to it eventually. When Pippin <laughs> uses the Palantir, he believes that he's Saruman's prisoner. Or, Sauron believes that he's Saruman's prisoner at first. Um, because, you know, and he and that's why he's, like, asking these questions and things like that. And so, mm. um, even then, you see how Sauron doesn't trust Saruman, you know? Mm-hmm. Which uh, is... is yeah, I think totally appropriate and very interesting in in seeing their leadership styles because I think neither of them could forever bow to the other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and Saruman certainly couldn't to Sauron. Sauron obviously couldn't. So, yeah, yeah very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll move to my character. Yeah. That works. So the my choice of character is definitely influenced because uh, I listen to the... Um, there and Back Again podcast by Storywonk, which is right now going through the f- uh, first half of Return of the King. And so a lot of the discussions there are about Denethor right now at this moment. And so Denethor was really a character who kind of came to mind in ideas of leadership and how he serves as a, um, a kind of opposite style of leadership to Aragorn and Theoden and a lot of other leaders mm. because his leadership kind of going back to our, our quote, is more selfish, you know? Mm-hmm. He, as the steward, is supposed to be someone who's just basically warming the seat until uh, until the king comes back, you know? Mm-hmm. He is not the ruler of Gondor, or he's not meant to be the ruler of Gondor permanently, even if the stewards have ruled for generations, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet he is so jealous and so 
suspicious of Gandalf and of other people when they come in. Again, also, uh, you know, kind of manipulated through the Palantir Mm -hmm. um, to see what Sauron wants him to see. But at the same time, like, he is all about holding on to his power, you know? And even Mm -hmm. his his terrible treatment of Faramir as opposed to Boromir comes from this idea that Boromir was supposed to be his line, right? It was going to be the next great steward of Gondor. That's the most important thing to him. And Faramir is going to fail in those ways. And then when he has his turn where he's looking at Faramir, you know, possibly dying, he turns to madness because he thinks my line is broken, you Mm -hmm. know, like... And so he abandoned his Did it actually have post. anything to do with Faramir, or was it just that his line was broken? Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was some love there that was finally shown when there was mm-hmm. need for it or something. I don't yeah. know. But I definitely know that he abandons his post as steward, essentially, mm-hmm. and leaves the city and the soldiers to Gandalf to basically just take charge. Mm-hmm. Um because he is so, all he cares about is himself. And and, mm-hmm. and that even goes wider to the way that he looks at Gondor, right? His stewardship is for Gondor, which totally makes sense, but all he cares about is protecting Gondor. So he would use the ring, he mentions to Gandalf, he would use the ring to protect Gondor after, you know, if there's no other choice. If mm-hmm. it seemed like Gondor would fall or he had to use the ring, he would use it. And Gandalf is like, uh, there's other places other than Gondor. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the only place that we need to worry about surviving this, you know? Yeah. Um, which is why you should never use the ring. Uh, you particularly, Denethor. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. That would not be good. <laughs> so, I think it, it, he's just a really interesting example because we see, uh, we see Theoden as kind of... And then Aomer later as kind of um, equal to Aragorn in a lot of ways in their the, the ways of their leadership. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they have the same values of kingliness, of um, giving to those who uh, they rule over, right? Mm-hmm. This kind of um, this responsibility for people that, uh, that Denethor as someone who's literally his entire job is given responsibility for the city just doesn't lack and so that's mm-hmm. who i thought was a really interesting way of looking at at leadership here because just by seeing him as lacking those leadership qualities we see the qualities that i think uh tolkien really values which are these ideas of sacrifice and these ideas of um of kingliness you know you are born into this these um these elements of kingliness that include um taking care of those who you, who you rule over mm, yes but i'm not a huge fan of the word kingliness since it's very gendered yes <laughs> i agree um and so leadership <laughs> i mean not that tolkien saw it that way because, exactly and that's why i was yeah, i was obviously. putting it that way because i think that that is the way tolkien looks at this you know tolkien certainly had a very conservative or a very uh um certainly not progressive viewpoint on a lot of things and i don't think that that necessarily um diminishes the amazing leaders that we see in lord of the rings um but i do think that that's part of his concept of it yeah Going back to Denethor, I think that also because his leadership was so poor, Mm -hmm. you see that it obviously affected how many 
of their, um, of their, I don't know, what do you call them? They're not knights. Soldiers? Soldiers. Fighters. Fighters. Army. Army. Army men. People. Um, You saw, like, how many of those that he lost because Mm -hmm. of his terrible leadership. Yet, they followed him anyway, which, obviously, I kind of have some problems with. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mutinies are okay, people. Um, But also, the fact that it was so easy for Gandalf to come in, rally them, and really start <laughs> having a strategy, giving orders, and doing these things, and then mm-hmm. to just follow him. And I don't know if that's just because, hey, he's a wizard and he's cool, or it's because they actually recognize that, no, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He has these leadership qualities, so it doesn't matter where Denethor is or what he's saying, we're going to listen to um, to Gandalf here. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, did you have a compelling question for me? Yeah, I did. Okay, so in the films, we see Aragorn is hesitant to take up the role of king Mm -hmm. of Gondor. Yet in the books, he has like a plan to do that since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So which inclination do you think makes Aragorn a stronger character? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. Um, because it is such, they are, I do kind of just see them as very different characters, mm-hmm. you know? But which one is stronger? Because I, I think that I am certainly someone who is influenced by by the culture that I'm in, raised in. And so the movie version where he's struggling with these, like, issues and things like that, where he does, it's kind of leadership is being thrust upon him, that I find really interesting and, and entertaining. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> But I don't know if it's a stronger character because I think that um, that you have to look at Aragorn in the books through those perspectives of how Tolkien was envisioning him, you know? And, like, I think that he is someone who has a destiny, you know? And that destiny is more important than the humanity of, of, of what we see in the movies um, for the book version. Um so I'd say I enjoy the movie one for sure a lot better. I think mm-hmm. that the struggles in the first two movies in particular are really, really interesting. I think it really especially shows in his um, engagements with Boromir. I think that the way that mm-hmm. they they talk and the way that Boromir, um, is, who's also more um, like his father, I think, where he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, box against the return of the king in ways mm-hmm. that he doesn't necessarily in the books in the yeah. same way that 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 conflict is actually really interesting and mm-hmm. seeing more of both of them seeing boromir having conflict with aragorn's destiny not aragorn himself you know mm-hmm. because aragorn's rejecting it at that point i think is actually very very interesting and one of the things i, I really like in, mm-hmm. uh, to watch when i watch the movies but at the same time i also think that they kind of fluff the landing I think that mm-hmm. in Return of the King, like, Elrond coming with the sword and things like that are just, like, it doesn't hit the same notes, I think, that the first two do. Um, and uh, and then him going into the past of the dead, I think, also isn't as, like, just not as, like, gripping for me. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I guess <laughs> I guess my 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 conclusion is that yeah, I th- I find the um, movie version more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could 
I could really say which was stronger as a character because I think they're they're being used in such different ways. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think also there is something that it seems like Americans in general really like about a leader or a superhero or whatever it is that they don't they don't really want the fame they don't want Mm. the attention they don't want the power um but it's because they don't want it that they should have it Mm -hmm. um and i think yeah i'm a sucker for that (laughs) because i i really like the humility Mm -hmm. that's a part of it and yeah, I'm I've never been a person who really likes ideas of destiny and things like that. And so I think choices um are a lot more compelling to me. Mhm. So I think the humility that is added to Aragorn's character and how the actor did it in the movies, I think just made me like his character so much more than I do in the books. Mm-hmm. It added another layer to him and a, a layer where he you know he doubted himself where i don't see very many times where he doubts himself in the book some there's a you know a few times where he's like ah am i leading people in the right way right but um yeah there's just there's something different about it and i think there was something because part of it was with self-doubt but part of in him not trying to be this king um was in a way subverting the cultural norm of mm-hmm. just because i have this bloodline then i'm going to do this thing um and for a very long time he was fine not doing it um which i appreciate but um yeah there there's a different type of I guess maybe patience that the character in the book has mm-hmm. um, because he has this plan and he it's a plan that he has like with Gandalf mm-hmm. but he um, yeah he's fine with it taking a while <laughs> yeah yeah and and I think that there's also um, that's another issue I think is is I like it when it is more about his choice you know whereas. Mm-hmm. Then when the movie starts straying into, you know, I have this weak blood, the weak blood of men in my, in my veins. I mean, but men are pretty weak. Accurate. <laughs> but. He's just smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like that for me, I, I have never felt super engaged with, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, I, I agree. I think that the, the movie version brings a lot more into it, which it can be a lot more likable, mm-hmm. particularly to, yeah, modern auditing audiences. Yeah. So what is your compelling question? My compelling question um, kind of relates to to what we've talked about a lot so far, which is uh, in Lord of the Rings, how do you feel about the idea that leadership is something that's born into? Yeah. um, It's actually funny because I was like kind of like debating between two questions for my, and one of mine was, I was thinking about this idea of is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a potentially dangerous thing? Um, 
for someone to take up leadership out of necessity rather than out of like some combination of skill set mm-hmm. and desire for it. Um, so just stepping in because nobody else is, there's a vacuum. Um, and how in some ways I think it, it can be good and in other ways I think it it cannot. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I'm much more of a nurture versus nature person. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's there's so many factors that would go into whether someone would be a good leader or not. Uh, whether they would or could or would actually put in the work to to be a good leader or a better leader than than they currently are and so yeah I don't I don't really I don't like a kingdom setup (laughs) or anything like that um obviously there's some stories that I think are a little more Mm, compelling to me with the idea so for example which we'll get to in in a couple episodes like avatar last airbender Mm -hmm. like there is it very much this element of like you're born into this um there's you don't have a choice Mm -hmm. uh you're you've just been given these skill sets but i think that's the the difference it's you are actually given these skills that other people don't have versus you're assumed to have the skills because you're in a certain bloodline. Or frankly, it doesn't matter if you have the skills because what matters is the bloodline. Yeah. And obviously, it's so commonly that it's just related to... It's not that you're in the bloodline, but it's that you're a male in the bloodline. Mm -hmm. And you're a male in the bloodline in a certain order of children, um, which is obviously has all the problems yes <laughs> every single one yep what do you think uh yeah i'm on a similar page for me it, it's one of the things that takes me out of lord of the rings sometimes especially mm-hmm. more the books where um everything is so wrapped up in destiny in in what is meant to be you know like mm-hmm. and it has this very mythological you know style to it which comes from the idea that tolkien wanted mythology for you know, the British Isles, basically. And so that's what he wrote, but it makes it so that, for me, it becomes less about the choices that are being made and the uh, skill or luck or whatever it might be of the people who are involved and how they're able to use their strengths to um, to solve these these issues and these problems and becomes more of this is what was meant to happen right this is if that if you know aragorn had been in gondor this whole time would he have these you know would he be the king that is needed at this time you know Mm -hmm. and and so um i think it's very interesting and it adds kind of these epic qualities to it Mm -hmm. where everything fits together in these perfect ways and in these ways that are that are just you know, epic. They're they're mythological. They're mythic. But it also makes it so that sometimes I feel like I'm reading. It makes me feel like I'm reading a story instead of reading about characters. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's also the writing style. Absolutely. Where it's it's description heavy, not dialogue heavy, mm-hmm. and I think what's kind of interesting to me though is that 
it is, you know, the Lord of the Rings and the, you have all of these different characters, but the crux of the story does have to center around the destruction of this ring. Mm -hmm. And that is done by these two little hobbits who have don't have anything to do with destiny and so they it's kind of interesting that they slightly disrupt that destiny mythological narrative um within within the same book because for them it's all about their choices Mm. it doesn't matter what destiny this other man or multiple men have what matters is that this tiny creature who'd never left like a very small square radius (laughs) mile radius like it was his choices or the choices of both of them Mm -hmm. um that really is what made the difference yeah 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 and for me really it also just comes back to like you're talking about of you know who's not only the man but the man who's born you know in the right order like Mm -hmm. the fact that boromir would have ruled instead of faramir just is like no wonder gondor is going you know (laughs) in the the wrong direction yeah exactly i'm actually surprised you didn't pick faramir as your character oh i'm saving him (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised you won't pick him every time i may very well do so faramir is absolutely. it'll just be um that line of people either dennis (laughs) or boromir or faramir exactly it's gonna be one of those three and i do find them very compelling (laughs) very very interesting um but also when we start going into things like compassion and things like that Mm -hmm. frodo and sam like you can't speak about them just the entire fellowship is just so amazing uh these are good books. Yeah. <laughs> you should read them. <laughs> really? Seriously, though. Um, okay. Well, what about any missed opportunities? Well, so I just basically have two words. Female leadership. Oh. I've I've heard about that before, but I certainly haven't read a lot about that. <laughs> in, uh, certainly not in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So you do see it, like, twice. Mm-hmm. So you have Galadriel. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yes, there is Celeborn, who's like nothing, because mm-hmm. um, Galadriel is the important one. Oh, absolutely! Her she... sass to Celeborn in the books is one of my favorite things. Yeah, well, and she has the ring because mm-hmm. does Celeborn doesn't have one, does he? Um, does... I believe at this point he does. N- he does not. I think it's it's Galadriel, Elrond, and then. Uh, Gandalf has carried in the shipwright's ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she has the ring, a ring of power. She mm-hmm. has, like, all of this wisdom, some telepathy. Like, she has super strong qualities, characteristics, talents, and she's listened to a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, and she's the one that's interacted with while they're in... Um, while they're in Lothlorien. So you have her, and then you have um, Elwyn, who once they, King Theoden and Elmer, leave. Um, Elmer? Elmer. Aomer. Oh, Aomer. <laughs> There's no L in there, love. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what. I... <laughs> Wait. You did not make a bunch of glue. Uh,. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Elmer. 
<laughs> I know his name. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't remember what I was saying anymore. So Theoden and Aomer were, I mean, I was guessing, going off to war. Yeah. So they leave, and he leaves her in in charge mm-hmm. of of, uh, of Rohan. So those are the two times you see that although you don't actually see while she's ruling there at all well um, she she kind of does what denethor does she cares more about her personal desires than she cares about the responsibility placed on her i don't really remember very much of what happened because she there. she wants to go because she doesn't want to be left behind when she doesn't want to know that when the stories are sung she'll be just oh, left yeah, at yeah. home you know mm-hmm. she's she wants uh you know the glory she wants to be a shield maiden she wants all these kinds of things instead of her you know taking serious and and aragorn in the books does say to her like if a captain was given this responsibility he couldn't leave you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that that there are um i think that it's it it's not great that she's left with it because she's a woman Mm -hmm. but i also think that she does leave that and i I wonder what happens to rohan when she leaves you know like does she leave Mm -hmm. someone else in charge probably (laughs) hope so but yeah um yeah so if we're talking about ratio of women talked about in the books if we had a lot more women i guess we would have a lot more leaders but that's just because there are no women in Mm -hmm. the books yeah so yeah problems yeah this does not pass the bechdel chess at all Mm -hmm. um (laughs) nope so, yeah, definitely one of the glaring problems in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we never have uh, Eowyn talking to Galadriel. No. <laughs> never happens. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's um, an absolute problem. No yes. question. Um, What's your missed opportunity? My missed opportunity comes from uh, Sauron's leadership and how we never really see much of it because we don't see much of Sauron. Mm-hmm. You know, he yeah. is the the epitome of the faceless, literally faceless villain in these books where he mm-hmm. has no real presence through it other than as a, you know, basic figure in the end. But we don't see how he leads. We just know that his followers follow him and it must be because of power or something. We know that he is certainly cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I imagine that's part of how he keeps his power. But well, and we know that he led in the past mm-hmm. and, like, huge armies and everything. Right, right. And mm-hmm. and if you look into the other books and things, we know that he was also a manipulator, that he had mm-hmm. charisma, he was beautiful, he was all these kinds of things, which we don't see in The Lord of the Rings themselves. And, yeah. and I'm not that familiar with, with books outside of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think that, that that's kind of a missed opportunity for me because I think that seeing his leadership in comparison to the leadership of those on the side of the light would be i think a little more interesting if there was some aspect because they kind of go into that a little bit because how you know he like a lot of his failure is from his own like his own failures you know his his own um like he causes some of some of the problems that that lead to his downfall so you know 
Frodo is able to come in and destroy the ring because he has no concept that someone is going to come in and destroy the ring. He thinks that Aragorn has the ring and he's using it as to try to become the new Dark Lord, to face him, right? To take him down. Or maybe he has the assumption that anyone who would have the ring would keep it. Exactly. He, yeah. He's no concept that they would destroy it instead of keeping it, mm-hmm. you know, or using it. And so that, I think, is a really interesting flaw that, that leads to helps lead to his downfall. And I wish that as someone who is leading armies larger than any scene on the face of the earth, mm-hmm. we saw some aspects of how his leadership existed and maybe some aspects of how that leadership failed and was a flaw as well you know i think we see a little bit of that in the competition between him and saruman mm-hmm. um but i think that even looking at saruman and wormtail as a <laughs> worm tongue worm tongue thank you <laughs> peter <Yes>. pettigrew yeah. <laughs> came to middle earth <laughs> saruman and worm tongue um shows saruman's lack of leadership better than anything that happens between saruman and saruman so mm-hmm. that's kind of my missed opportunities i think they could have done a little bit more with showing more of what was what was going on in Sauron's cap. Mm-hmm. I know that it would definitely take away for a lot of kind of the mystique of Sauron to see him yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. But still, uh, I think that, that um, that's yeah something that could, could have been done a little differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe been a little stronger. Agreed. Yeah. So I guess now we've got our takeaways. What uh, What's your lessons learned? What did you get out of this conversation? I mean, I got a lot from my points, but... They were better. <laughs> um, I think my takeaway is probably more questions. Hmm. It's wondering about the way in which J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the books hmm. and why he chose to to write certain things and why he chose to do certain things with characters and if he actually did have an intention of setting up certain standards or certain forms and then disrupting them or whether he was you know he wasn't doing that he he just was writing an interesting story so yeah you kind of wonder about that yeah or or what his messages were, you know, what his mm-hmm. ideas and concepts were that he was trying to push. Because I think that there's a lot that could be found here. And yeah, it'd be interesting seeing where, where he was going with those. I think my takeaway goes back kind of to our, our, our quote and to these ideas of leadership as service. It's interesting to me to, to see leadership as service in a book where I think leadership is also something that is considered something that you're more born into. Because... It almost makes it a a burden when it's not a choice like that, you mm-hmm. know? Whereas I think that a character who chooses leadership, the way even Aragorn does in the movies, mm-hmm. is one that is more human, more interesting, and who you kind of want to win more. You want yeah. him to succeed because he's finally taking this on for the right reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Not because he has to, not because he's serving himself, but because it's right. And I think that that is certainly something that Lord of the Rings can miss sometimes because... They're not just fighting necessarily to make something better. They're just fighting to survive. And so, yeah, I think that 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 kind of misses a little bit there. But I do like that idea of leadership as you are doing what is right for those around you um, as opposed to what you want to do. And I think that's one of the hard things about leadership. All right. Well, shall we look to see what we're going to be doing next week? 
So we are going to use the nerdy property of Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we've made a list of all of these awesome themes that we're really interested in talking about. But we're going to randomize it so we're not picking from here on out um, what comes up. So we are going to do Hunger Games through the lens of justice. Okay. <laughs> justice. That's a good one. There's, I don't think I can think of anything, <laughs> actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is going to be a good one. And so I'll take a plot and you'll take a character. Great. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. We'd also love it if you went and gave us a uh, rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you're finding us. It really, really helps us get new listeners. We actually got a really great first review that I'm going to read real quick by Unapparently So, who wrote, A brilliant new podcast within the wonderful realm of geekery goodness, where intellectual evaluation and meaningful contemplation meet Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings. Expect to find clever conversation and creative critiquing practices, along with an informed approach that includes social justice considerations and a touch of silliness and merriment in celebration of geekdom and those of us who revel in it. Thank you so much, Unapparently So, and for everyone else, please send us your your reviews. We, they really, really help, and we'd appreciate it. And it's okay. You don't have to write as much as Unapparently So did or be as eloquent. Absolutely. We are happy with a thumbs-up emoji. Mm-hmm. We're happy with anything. Thank you so much to Kimberly Taylor Pastel for designing our logo. You can find her at lacelet.com. She's got some amazing designs. I suggest you check them out. Okay, well, with that, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Geek out. Geek out.